it's like a little what's up what's up and what is up i sang it a little bit today because it is another friday but the sun is out in new jersey after raining all day yesterday you know what it is it's the ball hawk sports talk you got the crew in the building uh we're gonna be bringing it to you rough regular raw it's the only way we know how to do it and we gonna be bringing you sports business and entertainment today on this friday the ball hawk sports talk today's episode is entitled don't call it a comeback don't call it a comeback you remember the song was that early 90s or whatever ll cool j and did you did your little some say i look like ll some say and that would be you that's you were the sum some some don't have the proper health insurance for right man well that was my interruption you're not supposed to get a part of that (laughs) messing up our credibility from the beginning some say you look like ll i'm glad some say that and then and then looking like ll we gonna act like ll because today's topic don't call it a comeback we got a whole bunch of stuff to bring to you man and a comeback uh Define, you know, like I like to look at Webster's occasionally. Define Webster's comeback because they return by a well-known person, especially an entertainer or sports player, to the activity in which they have formerly been successful. You can almost know what we're going to talk about. So strap on your seatbelt. Uh, make sure that you have never participated in the Ball Hawk Sports Talk. Uh, prepare yourself for rough, rugged, and raw. The whole crew is going to be bringing it to you and. uh I ain't gonna do the count now. Five, four, three, two, one. I did it anyway. And let's go. Wake up, wake up, wake up, and stay woke. Cause this is the Ball Hog Sports Talk with your boy B Brown, ESQ, aka the Ball Hog, aka the Mouth of the South. This is the place where sports business and entertainment collide and we're gonna give it to you rough rugged and raw so come get you a spoonful like some grits with butter and salt you know how we do it in the south y'all make sure you do not get caught in your feelings strap on your seatbelt and enjoy the ride come on let's go 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 What's up, y'all? You know what it is. It's the Ball Hawk Sports Talk with your boy, B. Brown, ESQ, a.k.a. the Ball Hawk, a.k.a. the Mouth of South, a.k.a. Mr. Excessive Celebration, a.k.a. Brazy, here with the crew. We are live in your living room or in your office or in your smartphone. Uh, I'm coming from New Jersey. We got the Big Flow Show coming from Chicago. What it do? What it do? And you know what it is. Uh, the trio is rounded out by my man etp elster producer coming to you from the mean streets of jersey city what's up etp good morning good afternoon good evening all of those (laughs) i feel like all three of those at once because it was a long night i celebrated and as an aries we don't know how to go halfway into a celebration so i went all in but i am here because the people the people we got to get the people what they want and what the people want is they want a comeback story America loves a good comeback story, and we have one front and center in the middle of sports business entertainment. There is a particular animal, and I'm joking, by the way, of calling him an animal, but he wears the name Tiger. Tiger, Tiger Woods, y'all. Tiger, Tiger Woods 
Uh, last that I looked, I think, is uh, one under par. Last I looked, I think, tied for 10th on the leaderboard. And this is the same man that about, eh, let's call it three, four days ago, was still deciding whether or not he was going to even participate in the Masters. This is the same man about, eh, let's call it 12 months ago, was uh, wrestling with the ability that he might never walk the same again. This is the same man that I don't know when the accident happened. We I was just going to say that. How long ago was that accident? Yeah, you know. Uh, February of 2021. February months. 2021. Was it? Wow. Less so, than 14 months. Less than 14 months. Um, Is this. So So the Tiger thing, I don't know if you guys want to weigh in on just the, the you know, Tiger himself. Um, Before we hop into that, I should say this. I, 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 I Being rude. Good morning, everybody. Uh, please like, comment, share, tag a friend, tag a foe, tag anybody that you know, and please subscribe on both uh, on our YouTube channel and in the podcast space that you consume your podcast. Now that we got that out of the way, let's get into type. Is this like when you look at it from afar, when, when I when I heard that Tiger was playing well, I thought it was April Fool's joke. Not because Tiger is not a great, not because Tiger isn't cemented um across all sports in that mount rushmore of athletes that i put tiger up there but i thought it was a joke because i'm thinking there's no way and yet here we are look at the, look up in the leaderboard the masters in 2022 right because you know, again i'm like maybe it's an old story no in 2022 this masters that tiger after injury after the accident is on the leaderboard Tiger's a bad man, bro. He's a bad man. I know we were all ready to write the uh, inscription on his, his his tomb as it pertains to sport. He was done. He was dead. And yet, here he is. What do you guys think about Tiger before we hop in? Because I want to compare it to a few other comebacks or a few other feats athletically that seem just out of this universe. But this ranks up there. Tiger being on the leaderboard at this point in the Masters, what do you guys say, man? Most amazing thing ever? I'm going too far. It's hyperbole, but not not really extreme. This is amazing. What do you guys think about Tiger? I think it's amazing. I mean, at the end of the day, like you said, they they talked about this guy just, you know, I think he had to be cut out of the vehicle. His leg is mangled for a while. We weren't getting any updates. So there, you know, you you have to believe every bit of touch and go, not knowing what his outlook on life was going to be. So to come back and be able to play golf at a to high do level what? to come back, what you say? Oh, we need to hit a bell every time. Come back. Don't gonna, call it. Don't a call comeback. it a comeback. So come, so no, for sorry. him to be able to come back and, and play golf, for him to start his first, did he do? He did like a little pro am or something with his kid or something before. Yeah, like but like charity to really event. just jump on the scene if you think about realistically at the Masters. Right, and come back and sit there and be in the, you know, I hate to, to be a party pooper. I think some of that adrenaline is going to fade a little bit. It's going to be a hard time for him to hold it up over the years. His leg going to get a little sore after a couple of days of walking. But this is pretty amazing. It's going to be a big, pretty big story for Tiger, especially, I mean, before the injury, he wasn't doing it. He wasn't coming 10th and looking 10th after the first day. Maybe that's all he needed was a life-threatening something to remind him. Take a little injury. something off of his, his, his slice or whatever he had. Yeah, yeah. It 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 ranks up there for me, man. I, I started thinking about what I would compare it to, you know, Michael Jordan's flu game 
is the go to hangover game. The hangover game, whatever you want to call it, man. I don't know. I, I wasn't there, but it's been sold yeah. as the flu game mm-hmm. where you see him dehydrated, holding on to Scotty, and some of that was theatrics as Mike had a, 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 a way with the theatrics. But it's been the go-to for uh, for me as a parent and as a coach when you're trying to tell somebody, like, oh, I'm sick, I'm hurt. And man, Michael Jordan had one of his best games. With the flute, right? It's been a go-to, like this 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 tale that you always share when you're trying to get an athlete going. To me, this trumps it. This, this I mean, the flu is one thing. And as men, we know when we get the flu, we are near death, as our wives or significant others would, <laughs> would confirm. As men, we don't do well with the flu. But that's in a whole different category than a life-threatening car accident that you had to be, the jaws of life cut you out of the car. And when you saw the remnants, the remains of the car, you were thinking, yo, Tiger was literally lucky to escape alive, right? And it was about a year after um, we had the tragic incident with Kobe Bryant and Gigi, his daughter. So when you looked at it, you thought this was this was something just just, just you know, next level that you would see the car in, to go through that and then be right back on the the leaderboard, it's next level. I think this moves the whole Jordan flu game out of out of the conversation. This is next level. Now, with uh, these, uh, you know, golf tournaments, a major like this, the Masters, uh, there is a lot of golf still to be played. So we might be celebrating a little too early, but I don't think it would require him going throughout the weekend and uh, continuing this level of play for me to say, just wow, man, next level amazing. ETP, I don't know what you thought about it. I wanted to compare it to something, but I'll give you a chance to weigh in before I, I make my comparison. What do you think about Tiger leaderboard after what was uh, a gruesome accident? Yeah, I mean it's it's certainly impressive, right? The the speed of his recovery, and I mean, it's not so it's surprising just because we didn't know the extent of the the damage and the injury and the, and the effects, right? Um, but there, there's kind of a few things to it. One, what he's been saying is he cannot he can hit, he just can't walk, right? Like, so he can actually play the game. It's just that he has to get from one one hole to the next. And so the idea of him being able to do this for four days is is definitely gonna be in question, right? Does because that undermine does, does that undermine whether or not that statement? Sorry to interrupt, but you just brought something to mind. Does that undermine whether or not uh golf is indeed a sport? Right? Well, man, that's, they said he can hit but can't walk, and yet he's out there participating better than everyone but nine people yeah. right like any other sport you're like man i can't walk you done then bro you gotta come come over here watch from the sidelines this man can't walk and he is on the leaderboard best golf well, that, in the world that's the that's the question right so i mean so the the other thing about it is i mean it's arguable that this isn't even his best comeback performance he broke his leg he was playing on a broken leg in 2008 and won the tournament he did that for three days so this is kind of what he does literally you know par for the course so to speak right like yeah. the way he took that golf club from his wife <laughs> let me not start that. yeah <laughs> 
He drove right after. You know, what's interesting, though, and we'll see what happens with this, is if he does become an issue with him being able to walk the course. A number of years ago, 10-plus, I can think of, there was a golfer that could golf, but he he had some sort of issue where he just couldn't walk the course, and he was trying to get special dispensation to, like, drive a cart. And they're like, nope. This this play this sport is done walking, right? Which the debate was: is walking really part of the sport, or is it just what you do? Like, is there any sort of part? You know, is, is that it's like saying like walking to the locker room at halftime or something like that is is part of this? No, nah, it's just what you do. You walk to the locker room, but if you took a ride, are you cheating? So they argued back and forth, and they didn't let the guy play. The question is, with Tiger Woods being who he is. If it comes down to I can swing this club and I can do whatever, I can get in and out of the sand traps and all that kind of stuff, but I just cannot walk 18 four days in a row. I wonder if they'll have the same attitude towards that rule. Uh, thank you, uh, Mark uh, Osher. I think is how you pronounce that. Osher, e- Osher, Osher. I mispronounced it. There you Mark go. Osher, the big big O. He was the DJ at my wedding, among big. other things. Lifelong friend. Lifelong friend. Well, well, welcome, Big O. Uh, he has uh, also provided us the name of that golfer, Matt Kuchar. Is that how you say that? Uh, I don't know uh, all of the, the, the golf personalities, but it would be, to me, different because he, he, he he's off of an accident. But um, if indeed walking and the fatigue that comes from it, walking 18 holes, multiple days, if indeed that has something to do with your uh, physical ability to continue striking the ball, then absolutely. I, I would say that you got to prevent anybody from getting in that cart. Um, but do you with think no anybody really like walks in and is like, man, I would have won, but I was just tired from walking. In it. Is that even <laughs> a factor for, for most golfers? You, <laughs> you don't know? know. It might be it might be cumulative like, <laughs> that last day. For Tiger Woods, maybe it could for me, be the answer. <laughs> maybe for me and my man Mark. Right. I have a hard time. Mark is big, sexy like me. But if, uh, if you... <laughs> If you can't walk, I can't walk that many times. But man, if you're a professional golfer, that's not even a factor anymore. Yeah, I I just love to see what Tiger's doing. I want to compare it to something though, man. And and initially, I wanted to compare it to because my man ETP, I hear, I hear, you know, ETP's fighting off a cold. He got here, uh, and I was I was ready to just give you praise and accolades for fighting through it. And 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 I I have to admit, man, uh, what Tiger's doing is more impressive. A little so bit. literally slightly, slightly, slightly honorable slightly. mention. Honorable mention. You up there only because he did it on a Thursday. And yeah, that's the only But we could do four shows this week and back to the test. But you got to stand during the whole show. I want you walking around the whole time. No golf cart while you do the show. But but I ask you this: Is this more impressive than? Another athletic feat that comes to mind, and I think it's just wow, is Serena Williams uh, winning while in her first trimester of being pregnant. Is this more impressive? How close was she? How many weeks pregnant? We gotta we gotta get specific. Do we know how many? I weeks think she first was trimester is what? Uh, That's the first third. First, so third. So you got it. What's the 37, 30, Let's call it forty weeks. So she was tw- she was 12, 12, 13 weeks or less, probably, right? 13 yeah. weeks or less. I got to go Tiger, personally, only because, I mean, my wife was pregnant with our first, and she could still wear a bikini, and we knew the sex of the baby. So that's like, I don't know how many months that is, right? Mm-hmm. I don't know. She wasn't beating nobody in tennis, but she could beat nobody in tennis before that. So 
know she probably could hear me. But anyway, at the end of the day. <laughs> oh, oh, you ain't going to say it with your chest now. I'm over here whispering stuff. Hey, Casey, Martin, <laughs> Casey Martin is that golfer we were trying to think of. Sorry, Casey Martin. Go ahead. Appreciate it, Derek. Uh, but I just – it's a difference between an injury and, like, you know, you gradually get, pre- like, more and more pregnant or whatever, and if she's staying with it, I see some women impressive as hell. You know what I'm saying? Like, the baby's growing gradually. Like, it's not like you're injured as much. It's going to make you more tired. But she keeps playing the whole time. I've seen women – you should see these people at the gym doing CrossFit with hand cleans, big old belly sticking out, doing whatever. But your leg almost came off. But it's oh, hold on now, hold on, hold on. You 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 gonna get Serena some is not in the this. gym doing hand cleans <laughs> when she's out there playing a tennis match though. So no, I, saying, I get I've it. Seen, women, are, I've seen other women do very that not not super athletes being doing very impressive things while pregnant. But the most eat the best hand clean in the world, <laughs> right? Yeah, like you gotta give. You got, <laughs> I, I didn't put a lot of research into that. Yeah, that so I don't know how long we're gonna stay. Like on you might have done an impressive hand clean, but all the women, did you win a trophy for it? For all pregnant women that might be listening, I want to separate myself. Did she even have a baby bump? She carried. You know what I'm saying? She did not have a baby bump. Yeah, but I was suspect. I don't know. Tigers is more impressive. Maybe she just had a baby. I saw, look, Allison Felix, that impressed me. Didn't she just have the baby right before she did the Olympics or something like that? No, no, no. Her baby was, uh, I mean, (laughs) her baby was, uh, I don't know how old her baby was when she ran. She was impressive too, but she had a lot. To me, Serena's was way more impressive because she's pregnant at the time. (laughs) Not, she had two, you you were fighting just two souls. It was two souls in there. It was, (laughs) that women are amazing when they're pregnant. They are amazing when they're pregnant, but I'm to win, Tigers, right? To go out there and win. So the amount of running that you have to do, and this is why I think that Serena's might be more impressive. I went back and forth. I wanted to say Tiger, um, because again, the jaws of life, right? Had had to come out and get Tiger out of that car. But man, the amount of running that you got to do to win tennis match, right? Even if you just have to win, you know, two sets. For women, it's the best two out of three versus three out of five, but still, that's two sets of running back and forth and back and forth and back and forth. The first and then the different been. movements that your body has to undergo in order to be at that elite level. And on the flip side of it, we, we, we argue whether or not Tiger Woods should get a dog on a golf cart and carry him around. And he said he can do this. He just can't walk. I just I think the athletic accomplishment itself is more impressive than what Serena did. I walk around looking about four to five months pregnant, pretty much 365 <laughs> days a year. And I could, you know, what I mean, I could still play sports and do and whatever. You could win the Australian Open today. Yeah, <laughs> we could go. I could go out there and place today, Wimbledon today, with cleats <laughs> on and the helmet. But, you know, when your leg is, is almost chewed off and it doesn't, doesn't, when you ask it to do things and it doesn't respond the way that you asked it to because of the injury and you got that pain or whatever, right? I don't know. Uh, your man Big O asked us, and I like the question, where does it compare to George Foreman coming back after 20 years to win the heavyweight title? Because in this show, don't call it a comeback. Um, I, I we can compare them, right? We can throw all three of them in. I think Serena's come back from you know being pregnant and um, you know, you know, obviously being advised by her doctor to make sure you take it easy. I mean, at a minimum, I don't care who her her, her doctor is. They they you know when you're pregnant, they they're not thinking you're gonna go out and compete yeah, in Australian Open. Go ahead and do it. It's so, a tough comparison because like if she 
it's it, it's it's not a comeback, right? Like one, I have no idea what it's like to create another human being inside of a human being. Yeah, but, at least put <laughs> yet on there. You know what I mean? <laughs> Who knows what you could do? I, man. I have I'm not signing up for the that technology. I have no desire to I'm just <laughs> I'm saying not, put yet on there because I don't want I'm not flying to space. I'm not getting <laughs> pregnant. I'm not no, I'm not doing any of that stuff. I'm not breathing underwater. Like <laughs> You're it's good. all good, man. All right, all right. Like, I don't can, need I don't need a, I don't need a yet. third arm. I'm straight, dog. <laughs> Leave me out of this. Um but it's not it's not something that she came back from so it's hard to it's hard to draw the comparison it's impressive right because nobody else was pregnant and she beat them all tiger woods i mean the fact that he he played and won he already has shown that he could do this on a broken leg 14 years ago now he's 14 years older he might you know they were questioning with, with you know, back his, issues with, with all back the issues. issues and he was had just had a surgery he had just had a major surgery so the idea that he's able to do that is, I mean, it's, I don't know that you can compare it really to anything, not to downplay what Serena did, but I, that's just, that's something that that human being is genetically predisposed to be able to do that <laughs> and right. create a, create a baby. This person was not meant to be in a 4,000 pound vehicle, you know, removed by the jaws of life and have a steel rod in their leg and, Everything that he's dealing with in order to be able to perform. Now, I think it's a little premature to say, oh, this is the most amazing. But he's playing better than he's played in, you know, I guess three to four years before he, before the injury. So we'll see. We'll see. All right. Um, but, I mean, like Ronnie Lott had his finger amputated and came back to finish the season. Like, there's I know, some I crazy stories. The, like, didn't he try to like finish the game? Like, it was something crazy. That the story Ryan goes did. crazier and crazier. I think if you really read the story, it's not as crazy as. <laughs> I don't even know if they actually did cut it or he just said cut it. They cut it after the after the game because he didn't want to recover. According according to him, he didn't want to have to be out. He wanted to be able to make the pl- playoffs. So instead, they amputated it after the game. It's not like the in little, the middle. Little, of, not like tip. Rocky like cut me. Just Nick. a little tip. He just lost. <laughs> I'm going back in tip. there. <laughs> just so y'all going. Y'all both it going with awesome. Tiger. I think I'm going with Serena. And I'm um, I'm not going with Tiger. I'm saying it's different. <laughs> you're just saying it's different. Well, I'm the only one that 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 you know of the three of us that's been pregnant. So you know, I <laughs> I'm joking. Uh, obviously, but I will say this: <laughs> you uh, almost had us. Though. You almost had it. You know what I mean? Red actually started looking closer. He started getting closer. an argument. Man, I, I was pregnant one time. <laughs> <laughs> That's that barber shop. I was like, well, hold up, man. Like, yeah. You ever been pregnant? You don't, don't talk to me. <laughs> you don't know. You weren't there. You don't know my doctor, right? You completely. Who's the daddy? That's argument. all I want to know. <laughs> I, I fathered my own child. Um, I will say this, Bobby. I will say this. Um, <laughs> Tiger, Tiger, uh, Tiger, be, it was very out of the blue to hear Tiger being on the leaderboard, considering all things considering. But physically, I got to go with, with Serena being pregnant to go out there and perform, and just the strenuous uh act of playing in a tennis match to me i'm i'm going with that um please weigh in everybody the audience our live audience um again i said like i said every week please like comment share tag a friend tag a foe tag anybody you know please subscribe both the youtube channel and in your podcast world but also please um like chime in what do you think is more impressive 
The comeback, although the show's name today is don't call it a comeback, the comeback that Tiger has made, the comeback from that accident, from being removed by the jaws of life from that vehicle um, to having what has been described as a mangled leg uh, from, uh, you know, being described as someone that might never walk the same again to now on the leaderboard at the Masters. For anyone who's tried their hand at golf, we know how difficult it is. We can just look at Tiger's own career and see how difficult the game is. And yet he is in the top 10 in the world, at least right now, on the leaderboard at the Masters. Or Serena Williams in her first trimester going out there winning uh, a major tournament. Back and forth, volleying and, and serving and uh, doing all things she needed to do to win. Uh, which is more impressive? Or is it, is it something else? Uh, don't call it a comeback. want to hear what you guys are saying about the sports history. Um, the flu game that Michael Jordan played and did very well, I think, officially needs to move over, though, because um, there's some other accomplishments. The two that yeah, we have just man. shared, yeah, along with others, uh, hopefully that uh, our, our live guests will share, uh, our live audience will share, that I think might be more impressive. I'll let you give a last word, uh, Big Flow, before we move on. What I you got? Say, what's the flu game? Uh, who hasn't scored 40 points while they've been sick? <laughs> That impressed with that. So while while I don't pregnant, think you right? can score forty I think points. B, oh, don't start. Don't do this. I think B had the flu when he was pregnant and no. <laughs> had five touchdowns. Right, actually, <laughs> but you can you can score the forty don't points. Do that. Playing video games while you sick, man. You we still haven't seen you dunk <laughs> after your birthday. Oh, man. I got it. I got it. Now yeah, I got it. I'm ready now. After I'm you dunk, I drop forty. That's what we're gonna do. We're gonna have it live, man. The whole world's gonna see this forty-something-year-old man dunk. Uh, speaking of uh, some slam dunks, I think that there was an amazing, amazing, amazing March Madness uh, run for on the men's side. Uh, and we overlooked on the women's side that there was Don Staley and the South Carolina Gamecocks that were doing something that I think was was just as amazing. Um, the game itself, we can start on the – let's start, ladies first. Let's start with March Madness on the women's side. Uh, I wanted Stanford to win in the final four. I wanted them to beat UConn because I thought Stanford in their front court would be able to battle a lot more uh, with with South Carolina. South Carolina dominated the boards. Uh, and I know ETP, you and I, we, we went back and forth. I told you how I love some women's basketball. I think it's just fundamentally sound. It's a good way to teach a young man, for me, two young boys, uh, the game. Right? There's always a good shot at the end of the possession. Uh, some people struggle with with um, the reality that sometimes people miss that good shot, and and, and they struggle to watch women's basketball. I don't. I love it. Yeah, I do. I, I do. So who, who do you like? Name a person that doesn't like when they miss that. <laughs> I, I mean, I'm not going to name anybody. I'm going to let any if anybody hears me who wants to volunteer that they are the ones who don't like it. <laughs> For those of you guys, let you in on the inside joke why me and others are laughing. Is he says he likes watching the game, but he can't stand watching him miss all the layups. But here he is on the show, distancing himself from that comment and saying, some people don't like the game. But I do like the game, man. I do like the game. I do like the game that is fundamentally sound. I do struggle with some of that, right? Or, or, or you know, in, in the finals, like, you know. But hold on. I don't like unexplained fall. Down. Like, why are you falling down? Just don't fall down for nothing. Right? You know what I mean? So I, I don't like that part. But I'm but I'm the bad guy for saying three on three, three on professional. Three. <laughs> but you say well, anything, all they do is fall down. And miss layups. 
So basically, you're trying to say you're watching uh, kindergarten basketball. Is what you're trying to say? No, nah, no, not at all. That's I think it's saying. great basketball. What happens in kindergarten basketball? They fall all the time. They, they fall and miss layup. No, I think when the women's game has evolved significantly. Obviously, you got women dunking the basketball now. And I think that when you watch South Carolina, it was just really fundamentally mm-hmm. sound basketball. And because they earned more possessions by way of both offensive and defensive rebounds, um, they they to me – you know, they were head and shoulders above everybody else. I thought Stanford would give them the best run for their money because they had size. Uh, UConn, while, uh, you know, Buckner was a great player, and I and I tweeted this during the game, UConn has a great player uh, who was fun to watch. You know, she South Carolina has a great team. She can go. Yeah, she can go. Well, they she also can absolutely. had their, uh, what, AZ Fudge. She was also, she didn't really play much. She's their, I think, their second leading scorer, freshman. Right. But, she was out because of some illness, so something to be said. But they, I mean, you know, at the end of the day, she, yeah, maybe we don't know. <laughs> <laughs> That's like uh, you know, back in the fifties, they nah, just send, you, pregnant, huh? send you away, <laughs> like nah, nah, you know, visit family. Nah. Yeah, um, but, you but, they, you but they're just not big enough. All you do be pregnant, and let me hit you in your leg <laughs> a couple times. Yeah, I, it, it, ETP and I disagreed. I thought they gave the MVP to the right person because of her rebounding, her defensive skills. She scored. Wow. Destiny Henderson scores twenty six points, and hey, she man. was and she was not doing it quietly. She had a great game, and she, she made big not shots. have won the MVP. Eleven points. I understand. Eleven points. I mean, sixteen rebounds. Sixteen. That's rebounds. impressive. And and her stat line didn't show just how like the. Yes, me, Destiny had 26 points, but like some of the points, some of the shots were made available just because like you had to devote so much attention to stopping the ball going down low. Some of the shots were made possible because of an offensive rebound that was almost like inexplicable. How do you get that rebound? She didn't dominate the stat line, but I thought she still dominated the game. And, you know, what what better story to end the season with the woman who gets the, you know, Naismith play of the year, defense play of the year, then gets MVP in the championship. The storyline was too good to pass up. So maybe there's an argument in this. Three steal. It wasn't like she was just, you know, sitting in the corner, you know, pulling up open jumpers. Like she was going to the bucket. She had three steals. She's the she was the MVP in my opinion. I think Ali Aaliyah Boston, you know, body of work, best player in the you know AP College Player of the Year. I get it. You got to give it to the you know give the award to the to the already anointed kind of player just as for good measure. But she wasn't the best player on the on the court. That's that's how I see it. I think it was it was basically just a perform you know it's a performative award because she was already known to be the top player so they gave it to her 16 rebounds which was like 10 more than any other player in the game so i'll accept so it but saying, so you putting this i up think there they with... downplay how how valuable because the defense was the defense was oppressive across the board it wasn't just under the basket and that that part of it you know the big the play of the the big the bigs was strong but that entire team was just ferocious on defense let me just say this because my mom named me brainerd antoine and if you see how i spell antoine god bless my mom how she decided to spell my middle name but destiny the thing that made me mad about destiny is that she spells her name d-e-s-t-a-n-n-i that ain't destiny man (laughs) 
I like how you ate my me though. Just, you know what I mean? <laughs> I'm kind of offended, but I'm impressed. Because you knew I was going to attack Antoine. You knew you I knew you was going to come right in my name. So you so, had a disclaimer. That's yeah, I put that's, mine that's, up there first before I, I talk about yeah, it. Yeah, I got to defend this. Dog. Like there's so many words in the English language that are not spelled how they sound. Don't you think like, so you're like yo, like in the <laughs> army, like in the army, how you spell colonel? How you spell colonel? Oh, yeah, different than the... there's not an R in there, but the hardest sound in the word colonel is R. Is R. <laughs> there's two L's and not an R. So <laughs> let's, let's slow down so trying to like police how people so are spelling it. things. Right, so I just think birth certificates should come with spell check. And they can be like, no, sir, you see it's red underneath? It's underlined in red. Like, um, we can't let you take the baby home. That's not how, you know, we got a friend from South Florida that I know you know too, Eric Rett. E-R-R-I-C-T. That's not okay. They didn't do that on purpose. They just didn't know. They don't One know time for E-Rep, man. Uh, it's phonetic. Only... It's phone- like I Eric... can support phonetic spelling Eric... versus throwing in Z's and, you know, it's a, accents it's over n- letters. I went with Destiny. I didn't go up. with Destiny. I went with Destiny. Um, but she, <laughs> she balled out. I can't believe you're making it. You're going as far as like saying that, that Aaliyah Boston winning the MVP is like the equivalent of the year that uh, Andre Iguodala got it for the for Golden State. Like, no, hell no. Andre Iguodala not the best. Was not the best player on the team. He was not the MVP. All I'm saying is in that game, and I don't know if they gave actually the the award was it for the Final Four or was it for that championship? Game? I think it's championship game. I think they do because if it's for the championship game, she had the biggest impact. She was the most valuable player. She scored 26 points. Like. And she had three steals. It's not like she was playing on one end of the so you, court. You had me with your argument when you said most valuable considering the points. And she hit very big shots, timely shots. When Whenever UConn made a run, Destiny hit a big shot. Uh, Destiny hit a big shot. But <laughs> when you said the most impact, that's where you lost me. Because Aaliyah Boston's impact on the game was just, to me, head and shoulders. And we went back and forth. So to, to everybody watching us go back and forth now, the night of the game, we went back and forth because, uh, you know, that's what we do. I still think I'm right. I still think they gave well, us the right. Well, Alvin Miller is claiming that it's the final four. If it's the final four, I will defer. If the, if the award was for the final four, I'll defer. But the best player in the game for the championship – I will stand by is Destiny Henderson. <laughs> Destiny Henderson. Stop disrespecting because hey, it's phonetically spelled. That's the only way I can get her because she showed that she would cross me up. So the only dub I can get is to mess with her name. She absolutely showed out in the championship game. Um, and it was fun to watch, man. Very, hey, very first fun to time watch. Ariama ever lost in the championship. That was pretty impressive too. He was like, mm-hmm. and I'll mess up the number. He was like six and zero. Oh. It was a, a it eleven in eleven and zero oh in the finals. Yeah, the, it was eleven and zero oh in the championship game. So for all those LeBron haters, is it now? Is he, is he trash now because he's got a loss? <laughs> yeah, he's got eleven champions. Yo, he's got eleven championships. Yeah, so every time he made he's, it, now he's eleven won. and one. Wow! But now he's now all the Jordan. Biggest, he's trash now. He has one. It's not perfect. Yeah, he's trash. He's not the greatest. Eleven and zero. I heard him say undefeated. I just he's I LeBron think. now. He's LeBron. He's, he's LeBron. not. Yeah, he's he's LeBron. not he Jordan. Uh, but their little their little uh, rivalry, uh, and I, not little because it's getting it's getting bigger and bigger. South Carolina is doing what you need to do in order to be a dominant program and create what you would consider to be, you know, a dynasty. They are getting the top players year in and year out. 
Don Staley, I, 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 and we've said on here, I cheer for her because, you know, it just reminds me. I remember her playing for UVA. You know what I mean? I remember, like, the early days of what professional basketball looked like, and she was – she she was the you know in that in that mix of the early years of what professional women's basketball looked like stateside, and now see her um, staying true to herself because when 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 first, I turned on the game I'm like what does Don Staley have on? And apparently Killing it was some it. expensive jacket, but I'm like you you out here in a in a leather coat, like take the coat off, like, come oh, stay for a oh, while. Baby. She coached Coach. in a Letterman coat, but it was some expensive coat. Um, Louis or Gucci is something I can't afford, so I I'm, I wasn't hit. Uh, but when it came to the X's and O's, they got to it, man. Don Staley's teams are fun to watch. Um, so shout out to her. I think her and Gino are going to go at it for as long as Gino decides to coach. I assume he's he, he's got you know he's close to the end. Uh, he, he he's up there in age. As they're showing the pictures of early Gino, like man, Gino been coaching for a long time. Yeah. Long time on the men's side, man. Let's get to that quickly because it looked like North Carolina uh, was going to win it going away. They were beating what we say beating the brakes off of Kansas. Everybody was asking, you know, sort of why didn't Kansas show up in the first half? Everyone was questioning whether or not Bill Self to make it what was was was. uh you know, whether or not he was ready for the moment because North Carolina came out was on fire. They go into halftime, I think, North Carolina's up 16. And then I don't know exactly what was stated in that locker room, but Kansas comes out. And on this episode, of don't call it a comeback. We can't call it anything but a comeback because it's the largest ever comeback by a men's team in finals history. So... It seemed as though you ever you ever seen that kid that get out real fast and say fast dogs don't run long, but we all seen the kid that had a great start and always comes up a little short in the hundred meter dash, or the kid that, that pulls a hamstring. It looked like North Carolina pulled a hamstring. So that's what we gonna call them hamstrings. <laughs> it looked like it looked like he pulled a hamstring, man. And I'm all for Hubert Davis. I'm rooting for him. Uh, people have blamed him for not making adjustments. I don't necessarily want to go that far. It seemed as though the onslaught right out of halftime was just – it was there's nothing you could do about it. They, they you chewed know, it he, up in like three minutes. It, it completely erased that that uh, margin quickly. Now, if they would have then continued throughout the second half and, and, and blown the doors off of the game and beat North Carolina, um, you know, by whatever, by 20 points, then, yeah, I would have gone with that narrative that Hubert Davis didn't make, make any adjustments. But once they caught up, it was a great game. It went back and forth. I would say, you know, it, it, it's been debated whether or not this is the, the best championship game we've seen in recent history. And I think that I'm willing to go with that because it's definitely the, the best March Madness, the best run that I've, I can remember in recent history. Um, the championship game, I think, was, was just the icing on the cake. It was an exclamation point to a great March Madness run by all the teams, uh, including Notre Dame. Um, what did you guys think about the men's championship game and the fact that now we didn't talk about Destiny? I'm just joking. I'm not messing up your name, sister. Destiny, because uh, she absolutely balled out. Uh, but on the men's side, we had a name too, and Remy Martin, who also hit big shots. So, so uh, 
what did you guys think about the men's side and and where do we go from here? Do we see these two teams next year? I know both teams are 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 are, are rebuilding to a certain degree. Um, but you know, where do we go from here going into next season after a great March match? I th- I mean, I think the big thing, I mean, one thing that we did that you didn't mention was the UNC Duke Final Four game, which was an amazing precursor to the final, right? right. Like Arguably this thing better. was billed as the the heavyweight championship, the t- you know, thriller in Manila, the biggest ticket in town. And it lived up to it. Like they they went blow for blow the whole game. And it was the perfect way for Coach K to go out as a UNC fan. It was respectable, you know, it wasn't a blowout. So Coach K, you know, it was heartbreaking. It was it was it was heartbreaking, soul crushing. And he and he took the L and he and he walked off into the sunset. Um and then I mean, and that's the thing, like what I have to give it up to, which is crazy, is to be 18, 19, 20, and come off the emotional tax of the, you know, the amount of focus and pressure that came with that. And then to be able to gear up two days later and go into a championship game and start beating the brakes off of this other team. I thought, okay, wow, the the resilience and the focus and the discipline of this team is top notch and they're going to win this championship. And then they went in in halftime and popped some champagne and came out and got laid down. I if also, you, I just, yeah. if I you just know, can't. North Carolina fan, I'm I, sorry to interrupt, but I wanted to make sure I, I piggybacked off of what you said. North Carolina fans at halftime, Turned you could not have told them that they, 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 they were calling the jeweler to get size for the ring. That's why I'm calling it hamstrings. Cause they got out there and they was just, they was just, you know what I mean, floating like a butterfly, stinging like a bee, and then the hamstring went left. You know what I mean? That hamstring, and then all of a sudden they got caught. But but I don't know if the team did that, but the North Carolina fans in my ecosystem, in my universe, the, they were they were already ready for the the parade. And what they didn't remember is you gotta play two halves of basketball. Uh, yeah, I don't think Hubert Davis was guilty of that. He did make adjustments, and while I agree the North Carolina Duke Final Four game was amazing, I still would say this championship game was even better because the the the, the storyline that they came back from 16 in itself was amazing, and then they went toe-to-toe back and forth. It came down to who was going to get that last shot, and of course we needed a shot by Remy Martin uh, <laughs> uh, in order to, 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 to seal the game. But I, I I really liked the championship game. I thought it was like yeah. amazing. Um, but I, I I agree with you that I think the North Carolina, at least the fans, they were popping bubbly already. And you yeah. can't do I, it. You got to cross the finish line. But I want to always hard. This is, go ahead. No, I say it's the last thing I'll say is just, it's just hard. You know, look at the end of the day, Kansas won that game. They came back and they they killed it. But in the last minute, you know, when your best player, you know, Baycott rolled his ankle again. You know that cortisone shot, cortisone shot might have been wearing off. It's just, it's just always hard when it's injury. It was like forty-five seconds. He was, he had a turnover. He turned the ball over because he rolled his ankle, and that was pretty much him for the end of the game. Did you see that? But but Kansas came back from fifteen, so that's a story in and of itself. Did you see the the pictures the floor gave up? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean that's terrible, man. That is terrible. That's inexcusable. The floor gave out. That's how he twisted his ankle. Um, 
That's well, they can't, their statement that they made was that that's like the structure. It's 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 designed to provide to a level right. of give that doesn't disrupt the players around them, which is crazy. Like I know that you know that what they on hard was always that was a lawyer statement. That was a lawyer yeah, statement. but but the but <laughs> the idea Will that Smith one floor, that one board is gonna depress while the rest around it, and then you're gonna roll your ankle on that on the edge. It's Where a, that's Will a hard Smith statement to make. I mean, that's terrible. <laughs> Yeah, apologies. The only thing you could do, so man, I don't know how to happen. And Baycott, Baycott is projected lottery pick, right? So I uh, wasn't sold on Baycott, and he he sold me these last two games. Like he just is a monster because you know he's a he's a he's a six foot ten big traditional big, but he made it seem like there's room for it in the game because I feel like there's really no more room for bigs in the game that don't just shoot threes and play outside or whatever. But he's like, man, he's like a throwback that makes you like, wait a minute, he must have. Yeah. Rebounding assassin. Now, if he had got MVP when he had 20 rebounds and, and what did he have in the, in the against Duke? Only like 10 points, but 20, 21 rebounds? Something like that. Yeah, you, you would have been paraphrasing, but you're in the ballpark. Something like that. Yeah. That'd have bothered you, E, if he'd had that, if he'd have been the MVP <laughs> with 21 rebounds and 10 points. If they gave an MVP of that game, to not if, if somebody dropped 30. Yeah, maybe. I'm just saying, <laughs> he just looks like to, to further your argument on the on the female side. He looked like the most dominant force out he there. Did. He only had 10 he points, but he and had Love, Love had a big game in the semifinals against Duke. And so the por- the person that wants to give it to the point scorer probably would have given it to Love. But to me, Baycott was definitely the most valuable Man, player of Dennis that game. Dennis Rodman ain't but Love, like, Love made the game sexier than it needed to be. He's, as much as he scores, he kept throwing the ball out there like the defenders were invisible. He was throwing uh, alley Against Duke? Yeah. Yeah, but he he was scoring that cheese. He though. can get to the cup whenever he, he was scoring wants, that though. cheese, man. There's nothing you can do to stop him but five. And he hit big shots. Like that's <laughs> the comparison. I think goes well because Destiny Henderson hit big shots every time UConn thought they was coming back. She's like, all right, come on, let me, let me get this. All right. uh, and the same thing on the men's side with Love North Carolina uh, versus Duke. He hit some big, big shots. shots. He just, big I just big love shots. how he turns that corner. Like you, if this looks like really good D, but he just has that long yeah. reaching step, and he's at the cup by himself. You're like, man, I don't know what else you can do to cover him because if you get on that arm, he can crush you up. But you know, uh, I don't I look like, at this game when people want to uh, criticize Duke as much as uh, I'm sorry, um, North Carolina as much as of, of meltdown because if you think about it, like when when you see people lose the lead at the end, it looks more meltdownish. But. Uh, Excuse me, Kansas comes out at halftime and they give him a big run. They ate the, it was like five minutes gone. They ate the lead up and they tied. But then North Carolina slapped the court and played a really solid game the rest they of the did. way. So, to your point, there had to be some adjustments made or they would have pulled away, pulled over, fast them up, and just kept going. Right. They kept playing and then became a game. And now you had to play, you know, it's, we're in a championship now. All that. And really, North Carolina, if, I, if I'm remembering, you know, so many games in the playoffs. Didn't they start off with a crazy run in the beginning of the game, and then kind of For, in a championship? Yeah, yes, they started they, off with a major. They jumped no, on them so early. Kansas, yeah, yeah, Kansas took the early lead, no, and then North, North Carolina, Carolina came. The Kansas, yeah, then they came back. Kansas and then took the early rolled. lead, and then okay. North Carolina had a, a crazy run, and then took it all the way into halftime. But they looked so dominant in, in, in that yeah. run. Uh, and I guess you know, you know championship teams they came back and then they had the run of their own and they survived that yeah. and then they went through and it got down to the last three seconds and you know uh, uh, air ball or whatever but you know again it hurts you when you're when you're when your goon you know goes out right before the end um, so 
I don't know. I, I can't criticize North Carolina for for giving up that lead because it's just they, it's just a game of, of runs, and they survived the runs, and then it became a very evenly matched uh, championship. I mean, I will point out the fact that uh, I predicted Kansas, and I and I won my my pool. Oh, so here we go. How did that get in there? Because I, mean, I brought it up. Yeah. <laughs> breaking news. Breaking news. The pool had like 70 people, 80 people in it. And I was But did uh, you have a broken leg? Did you have a are you pregnant? I'm pregnant. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we got something But like, you know what I'm saying? I won the championship. We can't shout my I can't shout myself out. You're right. If I don't shout myself out, who's gonna, who's gonna do it? Congratulations. You nobody, know, nobody on this show, face. dog. I don't know why we had to do all the extra. You, e, I'll give you a second to get laid on the congratulations. No, if you don't shout yourself out, nobody on this <laughs> nobody show is will. gonna so so have at it, man. The floor is yeah, yours. Bobby, I just want to see how you felt about that winning the pool of 80 people. I had I, it I feel like I'm I'm giving you the opportunity to pat yourself on the back. Don't hurt your arm. Again, I mean, I got two shoulders, dude. Like, 80 you can people. pat both, big back. I got a big people. back. Look, I just had it. I had just just you know, because to further, I like to be complete. Thank you, man, Sheldon. I appreciate you. Hey man, I had it one going, so I had already sealed it. It's a lonely place. I'm talking now. We had a seal going into the championship. Right, because nobody picked North Carolina to win it all. So I had already won. So I could sit back there and enjoy the game. They paid me the day of the championship while everybody was still worried about their going. I already had my money. It was fantastic. I mean, look, my leg wasn't broke. I don't have the flu. And no, I'm not pregnant. But I'm very impressed. You're impressed that you won. <laughs> and there were 80 people. Because I got checked. And now it was only three people. Like, that's not really. 80 people. 80, 80, a group of strangers. That's a strange it's my Peloton dads group. Shout out to the Peloton dads out there. Peloton dads group on Facebook. I put the money out there and I was so nervous it was a con, but I put my little money out there. Hey, and I'll say this because uh, right after the game, you did send us a screenshot to let us know you won. Uh, I don't know how the guy who had Kentucky to win it, how he he must have had every other he game. He actually right finished now. like 11th, so that it didn't update the uh, it didn't update the site. I was telling them how Yahoo's smart, they didn't put the championship out there so people could click 10,000 times to see who won, and then they did it the next morning. But he fell to 11th because there's a bunch of people who had Kansas to win. Got it, got it. Uh, congratulations, man. You represented the Ballhawks Sports Talk very well. When I not you, you know, it's your championship but i feel like it belongs to all of us both of ours except yeah. for the money everything yeah. all the accolades we can share so you are you, being free in my you just you just eight mile me you knew where i was going with that kid yeah basically what i'm saying is, I'm there. brother can I we didn't meet hours? today we didn't just meet today everybody want to take you like the government you want to taste in everything you know i want a little piece of that man we won we won uh let's talk about some other stuff man because i do i saw someone said how about them lakers i think it was my man chufu jordan uh, cheeky cheeky black uh, and I agree that that how dare we not talk about the Lakers because the Lakers are mathematically that's a very fancy way to put it mathematically they've been eliminated uh, <laughs> and as Bubba Dub would say they have proven that they trash straight up you know um, and and it is now confirmed there was someone amongst us someone who might have just won their pool. Ooh, all year. Did you win your pool, E? Yeah. <laughs> You're so modest. <laughs> who, who, who all year. She's moving silence like lasagna. Another one. Another <laughs> another word that you guys going to make fun of people's name spellings. But the English language is a word jumble. It is. It is. You, you make a good point. Um, it is a jumble. But but there was no jumble. It was very clear that that one of us stood behind 
the Lakers and LeBron all year was saying, oh, you know, you know, as, as recently as like, you know, last week, what's going to happen is. I don't remember that. Yeah. I don't know who you I feel like you're looking at me. I feel like you're looking at me. I got to be honest. I didn't say anybody. I, didn't say anybody. I, I know it probably is true, but I, I feel like you're accusing me of that. Right? <laughs> but to be honest, I think the Lakers still got a chance. I think they still got a shot. Yeah, you never know. They might find up some of those games were illegally played or something like that. They can right. So They're going to get crazy. So you playing the music still in Titanic. It's that going means, down. You still playing the music. Is, <laughs> is tonight the last regular season game or this weekend? I don't. I don't. I don't. I mean, for the Lakers, effectively, it's they been that way. <laughs> I, I like And LeBron, LeBron just said, y'all finish up without me. AD, get your ass out there and play. I'm going to be over. I'm fishing. He already at the fishing hole. When they get there, he's gonna be three fish in catching them. This Who's is to blame, man? Who's to blame? I felt like they should have fired Frank Vogel as soon as the Mav said you were out of it. Fire him right there on the spot, <laughs> like right, like, hey yo, bro, you good? Don't even trip, man. You know we gonna we gonna go without a coach for the rest of the year. Um, who is to blame? So I'm a, I, I'm pointing at Frank Vogel because of the four Hall of Famers. That's right, four Hall of Famers on that team. I don't I don't think you can blame LeBron because of the numbers that he put up. Statistically, we haven't seen anything like that for somebody that age. I know that Russell Westbrook was an easy scapegoat, but look at how he's played. Russ has played well over the last several weeks and cut down on the turnovers. His shooting percentage is what it is. You know, he's never been a, a marksman. That's not why you brought him in. Uh, I don't think you can blame Carmelo because he's a role player that at Moments, I think, did a good job playing I his do. role for his point in his career. Yeah, and I know you call him Mr. Glass, but you, you gotta you can't blame control, AD. You can't control injuries, man. You yes, you can. Control. Take care of yourself. And I'm gonna say know, you his, can't. His was a freak accident too when he rolled his ankle. That was that was the equivalent of making he pudding, dudes. He's pudding. He made a pudding. He needed to get in the gym and work out hard. Take care of his body. Some of him those things are right. just wear and tear. So you're saying like, him ain't built right. Him, maybe. here's the thing is he grew up real soft he was a point guard right and so that he grew to be 6'10 I don't think he ever embraced the fact that he's a big he still thinks he's a tall point guard and he's got skills like that but he just needs to do something man I mean again people get injured I got hurt a lot you know people get hurt but you I don't know man get in the gym you you keep doing something some ankle rehab something man get some better shoes maybe he needs to do a better shoe contract or something but so you're blaming I, AD you're, you're I do because AD. I feel like AD can never never stay in the lineup. It just throws – they're always adjusting the line. I mean, AD is a major I – mean, pretty much the championship year, you know, people argue the fact that um, – they argue that he was the, the MVP of that team, right? I still think it was LeBron. But, I mean, he's a force to be reckoned with. But you just keep taking – he's out of the lineup so often. They're just trying to do stuff. Westbrook trying to do too much. It's a shame. I mean, I don't now, know. But the Nets, look, the Nets got Hall of Famers too. But and the Nets are uh, in. The Nets are already all the way up to seven, right barely, now. Barely, though. I'm just saying. There, it shows you what happens when they. Uh, the East is so so tight that I mean, I think they only won one game. They went from the ten to seven or some crazy though. like that. The Lakers, but, if they were in the East, they'd be in. <laughs> and if I was a woman, I could actually get pregnant. We doing that? If if if. But the if, West, I mean, like like the, like the 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 number eight team or number. I don't know. The number one team in the East is like, from a record wise, would be like what number six in the East in the West? I don't know. I don't have the the the, the research uh, team. Research. Yeah, team. I don't have that at my fingertips. But I will but, say this: that the the Lakers are out. 
there. So all that you talking about, right? <laughs> I don't know. Like let's let's count. We gotta calculate right. this real fast. And after you, yeah, right. the Lakers are eliminated. They, they, they don't. Right. Maybe you think they gonna put LeBron in the booth for the for the for the thing? <laughs> Just do the booth. Well, LeBron can do whatever he want. I mean, he could referee the game. That's what he should that, do. That's it, so why I put him. my. That's why I'm blaming LeBron because AD, my man Shelton Jordan, he points out who is in New Orleans. He said it's live out there. I bet the Final Four was crazy out there. They probably still party. Pelicans are in. Uh, but you know, he he's a New Orleans Pelicans fan. He calls AD. You call him Mr. Glass. Uh, Truthful Jordan, my man, calls him street clothes because he always in street clothes, and sometimes he wears cut off jean shorts with a, a sweater and, and calls him, Yeah, I don't know what that was, but. He, bl- he says blames on the injuries, which is the reason the Pelicans could never contend with him. Here's why I then take that information and point right at LeBron. Because LeBron wanted him. This information was out there already. I did too. LeBron wanted Russell Westbrook. LeBron, I don't know if he wanted Carmelo as much as Carmelo wanted. Just Carmelo wasn't the problem, though. You can't blame Carmelo. Carmelo was not the problem. You didn't expect much. He gave you more. He delivered more, more than you expected. expected. Yeah. Um, yeah, he delivered more in the beginning. <laughs> Well, this last time Carmelo's was a factor in the NBA for a year. He no, didn't I mean, play. He Remember was, he, he, he was, he was, all right, they were, there were conversations about six man of the year and all this early. Yeah, in but the like, season. what was it, like four or five years he ago? He didn't play for the whole clip. year. He couldn't pick up a squad. Remember that one? Yeah. No one, Cause he didn't want to, he didn't want to come off the bench. <laughs> but I'm just saying, like, he couldn't, he couldn't even play. So now we're, yeah, now no, we're it wasn't uh, Dwight Howard wasn't factor. Carmelo Anthony, like, Trevor Reza, like none oh, of these bad. guys. Are the they got Dwight Howard. They got five. <laughs> I said, you know what? I think the season was over. Favors on that team. When I when I when AD laid hands on Dwight Howard and Dwight Howard couldn't make soft ass AD get his hands off, I knew it was dead. I, I kept saying it, but deep down inside, I knew it was over. Uh, that type of softness, you can let AD. Who, AD not supposed to punk anybody, man. Who uh, we blaming? So you trying to sidetrack us? You trying to get us to talk about this I, fight? And not get this blame game because don't call it a comeback, but they're gonna have to come back next year. They're not gonna be in the playoffs this year. I know this yeah. don't call it a comeback episode, but indeed, we got to tell them it will come back next year because this year y'all out the playoffs. So who we blaming? Because you got five Hall of Famers on the team. Five. You know, I blame Donald Trump. <laughs> Why not? I haven't blamed him in a while. <laughs> Hell, blame Biden. I don't care. It's bipartisan. Let's go. Blame somebody. Blame somebody. You know what? You might well blame Donald Trump or Biden because you would ride with him just like all of these doggone sycophants do in politics. You were riding for them Lakers. You told us every which way it was gonna work out. I just thought they just needed to give him a chance to let that ankle heal up. And all right, so this is what we're gonna do. You think, think LeBron is- quit or you think he just Oh, we're gonna get to that, but before before we get to that, I think it's only right that we we go and do this. Right, we're gonna ask you this. All right, what happened with the Lakers? What had happened with your Lakers that you told us guaranteed us they was gonna make the playoffs? The show about me now was that? What, oh, this is okay. So <laughs> what happened was at the end of the season they had less wins than. <laughs> 10 other teams. <laughs> Therefore, they're going to pick in what they call the lottery, but I think they got to give that pick <laughs> to the Pelicans. So, really, they lost twice. They lost so twice. They should, the uh, pennants, they should make LeBron. I'm not done. They should okay, make LeBron. I, okay, I was trying, they should I was trying make to make LeBron as, as pennants for this. Him and AD should have to work the games, the early games, the playing games. They should have to commentate, <laughs> sit there and watch and face the nation. That's what they should have to do. Face the nation. I agree with you, man. So, look, you know, I, so look, the 
the the math that you talked that we were talking about. So the Heat would be the third seed in the in the West right now, based on and they're the number one seed, right? But the Lakers would have been not the eleventh, but they would have been fourteenth. Oh Lord! In the oh, East. Lord. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Say that one more time. Say that one more time, please. Let's get it. <laughs> so as I said, LeBron and AD. Should have to, actually, they should have to work the gate at the game and, to, and scan tickets. That's what they should have to do. <laughs> hey, so Lakers gone fishing, man. So we ain't gonna call it a comeback, but we gonna just nicely tell them come back next year. Uh, and look, Bubba Dub blame Genie Bus. I don't know who. To I don't know who. To so blame. I think Bus there's is a, a good blame. I'll give Genie Bus some of that. But this, but this is blame. enough of a disaster that. Why should there be only one winner? <laughs> this <laughs> well, Perk said this is the biggest disappointment. Big Perk said this is the biggest Kendrick Perkins, who I'm talking about, biggest disappointment. And 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 I don't want to misquote him, but it was an extreme statement, like the biggest disappointment ever in NBA. I agree. You agree? I mean, look, look. These are like you said, five Hall of Famers. How many all star represent? How many all star selections between everybody on that team? It's got to be what 45, 50? Like, it it's crazy. Dis- is it bigger disappointment than uh Golden State being uh 72 and whatever 73 and nine and, and losing? Yes, yeah, yes, absolutely. You know, yes, this is bigger uh, than that. A bigger disaster. Yo, you're the, you're the 26th. Ranked team in the league, like you have, you can't. You're not even forty. You're not five hundred. You're not even forty. What are rankings outside the? Top also, three? also, rank. <laughs> they they operate the same. They they go three to thirty. They go four to thirty. That's what happens say, after the are, top three. You have so it doesn't matter. <laughs> and then you are up three one, and then a certain Look, person man, on the ex- comes back and beats you. That's a bigger disappointment. That we knew they were trash, except me. Everybody, yo, you can't, you can't, you they, you, you're not even talking about the standard sixteen teams in the playoffs. Like they expanded the opportunity to, to make the playoffs. To, oh, so ten teams, right? So two thirds. You get called. You get summoned. <laughs> this would be a great time. Hey, I gotta go, guys. This is. I right, love to have this conversation with you guys, but I gotta drive. <laughs> you, gotta, you, gotta, you gotta ride out. Unlike right, LeBron, so- I'm gonna face this though. I'm gonna stay extra. And face it. What else y'all got to say? <laughs> so, so let's just ask you then, and 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 because at some point in the legacy conversation, I know it's premature. He's still playing, but we put a lot into, and I say we because I gave him a lot of credit. I was like, look, I am a self-proclaimed and professed LeBron hater, other than the four years that he spent in Miami. Um, but I had to just acknowledge, yo, the dude is balling. He's you know, statistically. But at the same time, man, when legacy conversations happen, doesn't this season come up? But you, know you couldn't get you know, the team to the playoffs but in a 10-team But then again, like, what else should he do except lead the league in scoring and do – I mean, like, it wasn't – I don't know. But that's the, that's the thing that, like, what I love about the fact – I mean, look, it's a disservice to every basketball fan that LeBron James is not playing in the playoffs. If you love him or if you hate him, not seeing LeBron in the playoffs is – bad for basketball but i think it just shows how much talent there is in the league because it i mean lebron had a top tier top three four five nba season 
and couldn't drag this team just to the play-in, right? So it shows the parity that exists in the in the league. Like, I can't say that, oh, oh, my God. Granted, there should have been at least one player that was like, look, all right, LeBron, LeBron's playing out of his mind. Let me step up a little bit for us to at least get into the play-in game. I don't care who's injured. I don't care who's, you know, on vacation. We got to get into this. But it's his legacy. I mean – the man played in 10 straight NBA finals. He has he's he ranks first in like 16 yeah. statistical categories in the postseason. I don't I like, know what I more like he needs question. to do. I like this question. Is, will he play in the last two games to qualify for scoring title? He'll well, he come in and for one. Does he have to play in both of them? He has to play in both. I thought he only had to play in one. I thought he had to play in one. I don't know. But but but, but let's either one or two. He's going to come back and score 87 the points. Only pur- the <laughs> only purpose for doing that would be to get the score down. There's no yeah, other. I would do it. I would do it. You would do it? I, but doesn't that cement all the questions all year? Like, yo, he's just stat pad, man. He's not yeah. really leading a team. But, I mean, I but it's think. also Laker. It's also Laker Nation, man. Like, if he just, if he, if everybody, like last night, everybody was out. Like, everybody was out. Like, that's just. That's a really pathetic way to. I know that, on, you, Sam, that it I'm means not, nothing. I'm playing to you're just gonna, end. yeah. I'm it's just like late. just come back and like give the fans something, give them something. But all right, let's, if, let's even if it's stat padding. I don't know, man. To to just to have to shut everybody yeah, down. The hey, they bought the tickets. Yeah, a long like, time ago. We got Kobe we got, wouldn't. Kobe wouldn't have sat out. He would have shot eighty thousand shots to score fifty points. But Kobe also wouldn't have been moving team to team, getting people like it's a different era, right? If we're gonna be okay and tip our hat to LeBron, saying you live in an era of free agency where the players have power and the team that you decide to play with is on you, and who wouldn't want to play with a good team? If we're gonna just you sort of acknowledge it's a different era, then I, I would also acknowledge that you know Kobe and, and LeBron are different eras when it comes to that as well sitting out and and load management and they're just it's different era of course more acceptable but um, all the blame blame goes to everybody blame goes to the fact everybody. that you can't get you know perennial all-stars and hall of famers into a playing game the coach needs to be fired all those players just need to retire you said that already how many <laughs> what how many times you gonna say you said that already <laughs> It, yeah, we're gonna dig it in. We have right here, knife. Right it's here. Saying, go ahead and twist it. <laughs> yeah, uh, purple on. All right. So and, and at- big flow for having faith for way too long. Man, he, that's the yeah, problem. The you main much support. You were coddling these kids. That's the problem. I'll take that. <laughs> too much. Support. All right, let's go. So now we're gonna get into sprint mode, man. We had the five five minute mark, man. We we are gonna focus on some some topics that um we won't analyze as much, but are really, I think. Uh, indicative of, of of sort of the title today. Don't call it a comeback. First one, Brian Flores. Now the lawsuit is expanding a bit. You have two other coaches, Steve Wilkes uh, and Ray Horton, um, that are joining in on what has been dubbed as a class action. Their stories are starting to come out too. Is this sort of the Pandora's box that is open and are more coaches going to rush through the floodgates and start being a part of what we know has been happening? Because it, just the Rooney rule and it's 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 um, the fact that, that the NFL teams have made a mockery of it is just staring you right in the face. What do you guys think about it? Is this more to come or um, do we think that the, these allegations are weak? I know we've all looked at them quickly um, over the last few days. Uh, 
what's your quick response to it, knowing that Brian Flores is is now being joined by two other coaches? I think it, I mean, it's positive, right? Like it, it shows, I mean, it just shows that it's, this is clearly a, a broader issue than one, you know, one coach or one employee of, of an organization. Right. The, but I do think that, you know, on one side, it's interesting, right? Ray Horton's case or his, his allegations feel a lot stronger where there's actually documentation that, uh, was in Mike Malarkey, which is the best last name ever for a white guy. Um, <laughs> it's uh, the fact that there's evidence saying that he he disclosed that he received the job before Ray Horton was even interviewed in Tennessee. Like that's a huge statement. Right. Steve Wilkes, where he's saying he just had a shorter leash. I mean, racism can always be, you know covered up and you can always justify that it's hard to say like oh well he was fired because you know performance and cultural fit and all of these other you know code words that you can use but the the point is there's more to it the other piece that's that's interesting that i haven't seen that i think adds to the story is so in this amendment that they added not just these two coaches but also they included uh flores included a memo more detail around steven ross offering some level of compensation for him to throw Ooh, games. Right, right. So if that's material, then that opens some really interesting I think Steve, conversations. Yeah, that, that owner's in trouble, man, um, um, because the whole competitive nature and now that that uh, sports betting is such a, a, a part of the fabric of sport. Right. Like if the integrity of the game is a question, he, he's in trouble. Um, a big flow show. Uh, what do you think, man, before we move on? Is this- I, I think – it just there's a validity there. You can tell just by the way the NFL's reacted. They've already come out with the rule about the uh, every team will have a minority um, on the staff played by the NFL. They are scrambling to try to bury the story and they're scrambling to try to cover it up with other things. Um, and I, I think a lot of it's going to be that that game throwing. People are worried about it, but they just don't want this to happen. So it's obviously valid because if it wasn't valid, the NFL wouldn't be doing what they're doing. Yeah. Um and I, and I think the story just needs to come out at some point. It needs to, it's, it's a good old boy network that's just covered up because everyone's, you know, anytime there's a pattern of abuse, if you want to call this a pattern of abuse, people are scared to speak up because the, the repercussions that they take, they face personally are going to be so great. So right. all these coaches have to worry about their careers because they got to go work for these people that they just blew the whistle on. But somebody got to step up and do it. You know, Flores was the first one, and now these guys are stepping up. And I think that list will keep growing. Um, and then there'll be some change out there. Maybe, I'm maybe, happy maybe for Brian the three of us well, on the team. I'm happy. Absolutely. Let's do it. The ball hog yes. bandits. Um, but I'm happy for Brian Flores because it looked like he was in the echo chamber. Like, hey, man, there's a big old problem going on out here. Let me tell y'all about it. Hey, hey guys, come on. Let's tell them about it. And no one was stepping up. So mm-hmm. at least we know, you know, there's people willing to step up. Um, Notre Dame has decided for the first time ever in 2023 they're going to play an FCS school. And that FCS school is none other than, drumroll please, Tennessee State, led by Eddie George. Um, they're going to play HBCU. And I, I, I was asked minutes after, that happened to be on, you know, I happened to be on a podcast when the news broke. And, you know, I was able to answer a certain way. But but uh, I'm joking about the podcast and being in the opportunity. But I I'm not joking about the response. I immediately was like, hey, that's great. I didn't know that Notre Dame fans would take issue with it. 
And one Notre Dame alum, not only fan, but who was a great, you know, at Notre Dame, played quarterback Brady Quinn took particular issue with it and basically said, Notre Dame can't do this. We're becoming one of just the other programs. We're just just like them, and we used to do it differently. He, I went on to add substance about, you know, sort of strength of schedule. And um, I, I, I don't – I think it's a, a great thing to do for – college football in general, but for HBCUs to have that platform, this particular HBCU, Tennessee State, led by Eddie George, I think it's a great thing to do. And I, I was celebrating that my uh, alma mater was w- w- was leading the way on on that opportunity and that platform. Um, so I was shocked to hear Brady Quinn take issue with it. I just think that this is like, you know, we say uh, men are from Mars, women are from Venus. I think the same could be true in terms of racial lines, right? It's like, uh, Brady Quinn's a good dude, you know what I mean? Like, real, real solid dude, Ohioan, Midwesterner, was great for the uh, program while he was there, and I think has been a great representative of the program since he left. But, like, same sort of concept. I just don't think um, – as a white guy, he just don't get it. You know what I mean? You, j- you just don't get it. Um, and I'll leave it there before we, we – anybody wanted to chime in. I'm looking forward to it in 2023. It's the game after they uh, come back from Ireland, uh, Notre Dame, uh, to play Tennessee State. I know I'll be in the building supporting that. Um, and uh, maybe one day we'll get Brady Quinn on and we could just debate it. Because I don't think he was coming from a mean-spirited place, and I definitely don't think he was coming from a racist place. I've, I know him, and, and I just – I think it was just some things you'll never understand. And to have the opportunity – um, I think Eddie George is going to do a good job in showing what his team is, it has become since he's been there. And and shout out to Notre Dame for giving Tennessee State that platform and playing them uh, in 2023. I, I think it's a good thing. I think if you look historically, Notre Dame is given an opportunity to some of the schools. That, first of all, we take on – they talk about our strength of schedule. We take on historically great teams, right? We take on teams that are up and coming, do different things there. We give an opportunity sometimes of old coaches that we've played – grab a game with them, played some Mac teams that, you know, people might not think you should play. Everybody plays some teams that are are, are inferior out there. And, and, you know, obviously we have like our Navy, but Navy's now a solid program. I think it's great. I mean, during, there's a big movement, right, trying to get the HBCUs to, to pump up. And I think for a major college program to go out there and gonna put national exposure on an HBCU and have them out there, I think it should be commended. I mean, something's bigger than strength of schedule. You know, we're going to hopefully the other teams we play are going to be fantastic and we can, you know, get in and go on the feed or whatever. But I think just to give them a chance and support this movement, I think, it's, you know, it, I got to support Notre Dame's decision to do it. Yeah, I, I like it. Um, ETP. But it is a precedent. It is a bit of a precedent for Notre Dame to be playing that low of a ranked or performing football team. Yeah. Right? Like even even last year, like Toledo, you know, was a but they played tough. Right. But I think I mean, I don't. It's hard, right? I think it's a little tone deaf with Brady Quinn is saying, like not understanding the ramifications and the impact of this and, you know, where the opportunity is. But but at the same time, like Notre Dame never really plays any slouches. So this is the first FCS team that they're ever going to play. Ever. Right. They're the only team in Division One FBS that has never played FCS team. Right. So so that I mean, that being said, like, I, I think there's there's an argument there. Right. But like. It's it's tone deaf, not understanding the context of of the situation. But Notre Dame known to be, you know, basically we're willing to play anybody. We'll, you know, we're gonna be an independent. And you took and you took 
it's actually a question too because the rankings are going to be really hard to for them you know they have to because they're not in a conference they have like Notre Dame has to play every game every game matters in a way that if you're in a conference is different right so there's an argument for it it's I think it's just a little tone deaf not understanding that this has value for things beyond just the rankings for Notre Dame at the end of the year playoff committee gets together Notre Dame has solid wins because they also have some big names on. They got Clemson, and they, it's a it's a tough schedule. Mm-hmm. Um, in the twenty twenty three season, they're undefeated, but one of those wins against Tennessee State. Does the playoff committee penalize them for having? Tennessee I'm not State? saying if they they penalize them for having for winning against Tennessee State. I say that as they evaluate their body of work, it reduces their strength of schedule. And if they were replaced with another team that was more competitive in the landscape, then maybe that strengthens the argument for Notre Dame. So all I'm saying is because you, Notre Dame is always going to be a unique case as long as Notre Dame does not become a part of a conference. Right. And because of that, body of work, strength of schedule, all of these other metrics. So every game matters in ways where, yeah, like uh, Alabama can play, you know, any FCS team to start the season as a cash game or whatever. And it's, and, but they still got to roll through the sec and win the sec title. So that's a different reality than what happens for Notre Dame. I'll take it, man. It'll be interesting to see. I wish I could be a fly on the wall in the playoff committee in that situation and see uh, what the conversation is, because that, that is what, you know, the, the Dion, and and Eddie George sacked right like it's supposed to be in that room you don't look at it as a less than um opponent and and we're not there yet so it will be interesting man uh last topic man but but, before- but race aside it's a it's an inferior opponent right like it you can't you can't sugarcoat that like you can't <clears throat> deny that reality it's a, it's a, it's a, I think the game is trying to help make them in the future a stronger opponent because when you, when when the Tennessee State can say we're going to be playing Notre Dame, that's going to help them. They're, they're bringing right. them to the table. They're doing a great absolutely, thing. Absolutely, but, but absolutely. So that's but what I'm saying. Stands, there's a, yes. there's, yeah, it's I think it, it it highlights too why March Madness is so amazing because basically we're talking Notre Dame versus Tennessee State. We watched it in Purdue versus St. Peter's. Right. It's like that's what makes that tournament so amazing, man. Um, mm-hmm. Let's get last topic before we get out of here. And there's two different ends of it, right? Two, It's like two different extremes. On one side, it's the players that decided, you know what? We out. LSU, their entire team is in the transfer portal after their coach was fired. And now they're facing sanctions and, um, you know, something. Something's going to happen. On the other end of it, in Grambling State University, right? Uh, the volleyball coach within the first week on day number three basically fired our whole team. All y'all fired. Like, y'all done. I cut the whole team. Uh, two very different extreme stories, but I thought both very interesting on this episode of Don't Call It a Comeback uh, because the Grambling State coach literally said, y'all just don't come back. Right? And in LSU, they was like, we ain't coming back. The players how do both of those stories happen in one week? And then we'll get it. We'll, we'll leave on that one, man. Which one do you think is more extreme, more crazy? Grandma State's volleyball coach cutting everybody on day three. Like, nah, I'm, I'm not really liking where we're going with this. Or LSU, after they made it to the March Madness, wait, Sweet 16, I think. They, they had a good run. Um, it looked like the program was in, in, in great direction. 
Their entire team is in the transfer portal, and the commits that were supposed to come in, they decide, nah, we good. Which to be story fair, is two guys are going to the draft. The coach got fired. They lost all their commits from 22, 23. Everybody transferred. Because there was seven violations or whatever. They knew that they was dead. They all knew that they did it. Nothing says I did it. <laughs> Nothing <laughs> said out. we did it. Like, <laughs> you know what, man? I'm, <laughs> I think I'm going to go to the streets of Bama. But that's not, I, but I still had to say it's more extreme because we know cheating happens and people just bail on, on consequences. But this, the Grambling State, how bad were those practices? But they said, you know what? None of y'all. Everybody got to go. Yeah. You know, maybe they should have got her. She should be the next coach of the Lakers. But isn't that punt on your responsibilities? Because I will say publicly that I, I coached the AAU team against a really, really, really good team. A team that, you know, we first time played together. Some kids first time playing basketball. But I like that the coaches put them on the circuit. And I, I preface that before I say this part. We got beat 44 to 5. We got the brakes beat off of us. Now, I'm looking at this team behind me, if we would call them a team. Like they're kids. But I'm thinking, all right, we're going to go back to work. We got to – we right? Grambling State coach is like, nah, they're that bad. I can't even do anything with them. Y'all all cut. To me, that's more extreme. ETP, which one of those two stories you look at, you're like, this is crazy. Uh, both of so them are the abnormal. But which do you think is more abnormal? Yeah, I mean, the, the LSU one is is pretty crazy, right? But they've they've got a – violation investigation going on there's a new coach the nature of basketball you know college basketball is very transient so it's it's extreme but the idea that a coach came in to a the first you know basically three practices it was like yeah everybody not even like one of y'all showing me something like you cleaned the entire house and now you gotta fit like who's gonna now play on the volleyball team? Like that's a huge risk <laughs> for manager. a volleyball coach to come in, unless so that's the other thing, right? So I think about the LSU coach, he came from Murray State. It's like, okay, well, so does he now pull all his guys from Murray State to come play at LSU? Or like how transfer portal kind of gives a cushion on both sides, but the empowerment on the Grambling side is where it's like, okay, now you can dip into the transfer portal because you know that it's full of a ton of talent in there. I don't know how it is for volleyball, right. but, but the level, the audacity to say, I don't need any of y'all. Right. And I'm, I just got here. I don't even know where, I don't even know where the bathroom is yet. I don't know where the printer is, but I don't care. I'll figure it out. And we're going to have a whole new squad and I'm going to run tryouts right, right before preseason. And we're going to have a whole new team. That's, that's extreme. And, yeah, and I just, extreme. the thing for me that's hard is the, the, the authority to be able to just cancel scholarships like that, like there's no yeah. protection for these athletes. That that's the most extreme, right? Because look, yeah. you go to Grambling, you're most likely, I mean, one, it's volleyball. There's not a lot of professional opportunities in volleyball. And then you don't go to, you know, you're not at a top, you know, you don't go to USC or Stanford or, you know, wherever the, the biggest volleyball schools are, you're at Grambling and you were on a scholarship. And right before the season starts, you're told that your scholarship is revoked. So, like, not right. just your your Jesus, athletic career, but it's a – right, but, but but my point is you still need to find another school to <laughs> give you a scholarship. Right. Like, I don't care if it's – Maybe they could hoop. They're going to just trade. So like, that, oh, that's we'll the shame of it all. Man. Like, you went from a full scholarship athlete right. to now you may not finish college. 
Like that's that's insane. what is the what is the because we gotta let my man Big Flow Show is a volleyball dad. He's about to go live up to his volleyball. Hey, Grandma, if y'all interested, right? I was gonna say, put your plug in, man. They need volleyball players right hey, now. Girl, so your daughter, education. Uh, do you know who the best volleyball program is? Women's ba- volleyball. Big program? ten, big, big ten, 10. Schools like Wisconsin, Indiana, all that type of stuff. They're always great. All right, uh, um, Louisville's actually in the Big Ten, I think, for volleyball, which is crazy. Um, which is make sure that you give us back to some, some reports on how the volleyball weekend went, man. Uh, with that, oh, yeah, man, everybody this... stays on the team. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> all right, y'all. Everybody. Hey, shout out to Northwestern. They had a spring-ish game tomorrow. Can't be there, but I hope y'all do great, everybody. Yeah, let's go. All right, we gonna go out there. Any any uh, parting shots you got to go with ETP before we take it home for the day? As I do every week, free Brittany Griner. Free Brittany. Free Brittany. Um, with that, man, this has been a great episode. Uh, we really, really, really appreciate everyone's support. Please like, comment, share, tag a friend, tag a foe, tag anybody that you know. Please listen back to it uh, and subscribe both on the YouTube channel and in the podcast universe, whatever podcast space you consume your podcast. Um, this is the Ballhawk Sports Talk, where sports, business, and entertainment collide. We only do it one way, rough, rugged, and raw. I'm your boy, B. Brown, ESQ, a.k.a. The Ballhawk, a.k.a. The Mouth of South, a.k.a. Mr. Excessive Celebration, a.k.a. Crazy. I was joined by the crew, you know, the co-host, my man, ETPL, the producer, and the Big Flow Show. This has been our episode for the week. It was Don't Call It A Comeback. We had a lot of good stuff to talk about. Make sure that you like, comment, share. And with that, have a great week, y'all. We is out. Peace.